0: Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select Our Show in the drop-down menu that follows. So we just want to take one minute to tell you guys about Bravo's Below Deck Mediterranean. I feel like most of you are familiar with the show, but if not, I'm going to tell you about it anyway because it is a must-watch. If you follow the account, you know that we post the Sunday night Chrissy Teigen roundup, and she's often tweeting about it, so it often makes its way into the roundup. Basically, if you've never seen Below Deck Mediterranean, it follows a group of nine crew members who live and work aboard a mega yacht, and they're serving these wealthy and kind of uncompromising charter guests. So Bravo follows them as they undertake a new charter season in the French Riviera, which is literally the pinnacle of yachting. And each episode is kind of different in that it presents a new group of guests and a new set of challenges for the crew members to have to undertake. The boats are big and the personalities are even bigger. It's interesting because, you know, the long hours and the high stress of having to cater to these people above deck, and then we get to see below deck, the kind of tension and politics between the crew members. Personally, my favorite thing about the show is that you can pick it up at any time. So there's no need to have any, you know, previous season knowledge to be able to get it. And every season, there are these wide-eyed new crew members that join the, the fan favorites. So Captain Sandy is back, who is the fearless leader that doesn't put up with any BS. Jump on board with Below Deck Mediterranean. New episodes every Monday at 9, 8 central, only on Bravo. Or catch up anytime on Bravo On Demand. Hi, guys. I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Common by Celebs. And welcome to episode 19 of our Kardashian bonus show. Okay, so full disclosure that I feel like I just want to say before we even start, because like no bullshit here, last night's episode was a little underwhelming. It sucked. <laughs> it fucking was terrible. It was so stupid. Like we always say that we know that every Kardashian episode is going to have one or two filler scenes or filler storylines. Last night was kind of just like a, a lot of them, right? All at once. It was a whole episode of fillers. Yeah, and that's okay. Listen, they, they can't be perfect, but... We decided that this episode. Yes, we're going to go scene by scene because we always do. And even if it was the worst thing, we'd watch it every week because <laughs> we're just so obsessed. But there's a lot of opportunities here to talk more generally about some of the things they mentioned. So I think we're going to do a lot of that. I'd be what happy to. <laughs> okay. Ready, Joel? So let's start it off. With they're at Chloe's house. It's Chloe, Kendall, and True. And they're on FaceTime with Tristan. And, like, yeah, Tristan's being true, cute with True, whatever. But. The second I see his face,
1: I just have like a physical reaction. Did but that- did you notice it wasn't blurred this time? Yes, which was interesting. Maybe after the last episode, they were like he, she called and was like, you signed that goddamn waiver. What do you think? I, I don't know. I think it's I, – I don't know. It's so weird that it was blurred one time and not this time. Do you think anything had to do with the fact that the last time a lot of what was blurred were the actual pictures of him? And this was like him moving or you think it had nothing? No, because his face – when he comes in at the end of that last episode um, – his face is blurred when he's holding true and it's like in person
0: yeah i don't know a lot of people were asking us about that i really don't know and chloe didn't tweet about it this time i don't know i just he comes on it's like i have such a such a like a feeling really comes over me of just like get off this screen and get out of this family
1: you know but also what they're doing is like they're blatantly making it that it seems like they're somewhat together or basically together right before the jordan episode well, that's the thing. We're kind of all just sitting here
0: waiting for, you know, Jordan Gate to air. And there's there's no way – I'm sorry. There's no
1: way they were, like, sleeping together at this time. Well, there's also a ridiculous gap in time here. Like, when Kylie's office was opening and this episode was going on, it's probably, like, January-ish. Like, you can tell it's cold out. They're wearing jackets. Jordan happened in, what, March? April? It's warmer in Calvin. Like, you know that there's just a huge, like, three-month or so time gap. The last episode was the Christmas episode. Yeah. So between two weeks, it's all of a sudden Jordan? I know.
0: Listen, I don't know what they're doing, but I have to tell – (laughs) like, we are, as much as all of you are, waiting with bated breath for that. Like, I'm, like, scared to watch it. I'm so scared. We're going to have to do some sort of, like, support group live. I don't – we have to do something because it's – I already feel myself,
1: you know? I, I like – was watching a little bit of the preview last night when it came on and I was like, I can't do this. I'm not emotionally prepared. I'm not ready. I'm not in a place in my life where I can watch this just happen. No, it's going to take us back. Okay, let's move on to scene two.
0: So they're at Kim's house and it was Kim Saint in Chicago. They were sitting on the floor of of her bathroom. And it was so funny in our Patreon group, we were talking about the episode and someone was like, perks of this episode, got to see more of Kim and Kanye's bathroom. I was like, yes. Also, do they just hang out in the bathroom? That's what I was saying to you. I don't know. By the way, full disclosure, Julie and I didn't watch it together. So this is really the first time. We're I having... love when we do this. It's so much better because now I'm hearing your thoughts for the first time. But yeah, I know. I was thinking like
1: that. Think about having a bathroom that big that's like it's a chosen place to hang out in the whole house. It's so weird. And also Kanye knows it. Like they both know that this bathroom is just ridiculous because when Kanye was on Letterman, he was like, he he brings David to the house and he's like, you got to see this bathroom. They're so
0: proud of it. How
1: many times have you ever been in someone's house and the first thing they say to you is come through my bedroom to see our our master bathroom? No one. Maybe Arlene. (laughs)
0: Maybe Arlene. (laughs) My aunt. No, Right. It's insane. Anyway, they're sitting on the floor and Kim, I just, as a total side note, Kim is so cute with Saint. Like she's so cute with all of them, but I think the the mother something. I wrote that too. She, oh, I didn't even see he wrote it. She's so cute with him.
1: Because the thing with her and North is that they have like a, a little friendship going on. Like they like have this like. Cute relationship, but I think Kim genuinely sees her as like her friend. Was saying he's like just like this little mushball, and she knows it. She's so so cute with him, and it's so obsessed with him. She's
0: like my favorite boy. She's like, what are we going to do when baby brother comes? Like, I can't call you my favorite anymore. She's like, I'll call you my favorite big boy. I'm like, oh my god. Like we know, <laughs> we know, we know. Also, this is what starts the plotline of Kim's psoriasis, which, as you know, she's been open about. She's not like this just came out of left field. She's had this for six years, but apparently, right now is when it's really picking up steam. Which. This was the second I saw that that was going to be a storyline of this episode. I said to myself, This is the most calculated. This is Kardashian peak calculated. Just so happens to be that her body makeup is launching on the 21st, aka four days from now. Like, it is so perfectly
1: timed. It's ins- It's even insane that they're able. I mean, like, I guess it makes sense. It's like, okay, one is this plot line that we know is happening in the show going to happen. Okay, we're releasing the body, like, because we know that plot line's happening. But it's still, there's just, it- it's incredible. It, yeah,
0: I mean, this was – she's like, yeah, you know, just body makeup. That's what I've been doing. And I'm like, you don't say. Yeah, like, you don't say just body makeup. Like, Jesus. No, I know. And and Chloe, Chloe was genuinely like – I mean, who knows how exaggerated it was, but she was like, c- like
1: concerned at Kim's skin. Well, wouldn't you be? Yeah. Her psoriasis is really terrible. It's kind of unbelievable. Like, okay, there's so – That's also how I know it's wintertime because her psoriasis is acting yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you know. No one's psoriasis acts up in April. Sorry. (laughs) It's that dry winter. The dry winter in Calabasas as it always is. I know. But it was funny because
0: Chloe was like, yeah, like, aren't you worried it gets on your – like, it's going to get on your stuff, like, get on your clothes, makeup and stuff. And and that was the first – it hasn't come out yet, so no one has actual reviews, but that's what everybody was saying. But what did Kim respond to that? She was saying, "Yeah, my I think that this is what's going to happen. I think that that's them saying, like, yeah, typically like the body makeup, whatever." And her, she's saying, "I wanted one that wouldn't rub off on anything, yeah. and that's why I created my own." That is smart. I mean, the whole thing is just. I have a Becca
1: body mousse that doesn't rub off on anything. You should tell her. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome, Becca. <laughs> Julie writes, "Chicago is so big; just running around doing her own thing." I was thinking the exact same thing. She just got up on that chair like it was nothing. No. I have to say something about Chicago. I say it every time. Chicago is – forget about the most beautiful baby, just the most beautiful human being. Like
1: she <laughs> is – I'm sorry. No. Julie, she's stunning. She is gorgeous. But like the way the the way you described that was like personality-wise that she was like had a beautiful personality. Well, she probably does too. But she fun. probably does. You don't know she Aesthetically, does.
0: Aesthetically, she is stunning. I cannot no, she's wait. she's gorgeous. She's like a porcelain doll. She's a porcelain doll. She's another level. I mean it's just beyond – Okay, let's move on to scene three. They're at the Kylie Cosmetics office. This was also a major storyline. Basically, here's the deal. They just move into Kylie's new office, which we saw also conveniently last week in her YouTube vlog. The office is insane. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. Even she said, I pay way too much money a month for this office. It is unbelievable. It's insane. It really is. I mean, there's... We saw in the video, you know, not on the show, that Stormy has a bedroom and this and that, but even just, it's so grand, it's so luxurious, but also like so minimalistic in a lot of ways. So fitting. It's just so fitting. Anyway, the whole storyline is kind of around the fact that Kylie feels like Chris is really taking ownership over something that isn't necessarily hers. Like Chris is walking in there, like she owns the place, which
1: I mean, she, I she, kind of, she at least owns 10%, <laughs> least 10% of it. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. And Kylie's kind of off put by that. What? Initially, before we get into the details, what was your reaction
1: to that kind of Kylie being so visibly upset? Well, first of all, this is obviously another forced plot line because, oh, what, you couldn't find a Chris, her own office in this place? Like, it's just ridiculous. But. I thought it was more of, like, a funny and less serious plotline because of the way they were going about it. I actually happen to, and I talk about this more towards the end of, like, my notes, but I happen to really like Chris and Kylie's relationship. Like, I think they have a really, like, amazing and, like, special relationship. Um, But the whole thing was just ridiculous. There's no reason that they would have been sharing an office in the first place. No,
0: I completely agree. I think what you said about their relationship is really true because – they say, like, they're so productive together and they're so, like, collaborative together. And it's true. They wouldn't have been able to build this. Like, their dynamic was a huge reason that this became what it what it was.
1: Oh, totally. I mean, it's – we can't say that Kylie did this all on her own because there's business aspects of it that I just think Kylie would not have been able to do. It was, in part, Chris's just genius business sense and the other part of it being – kylie's just unbelievable ability to like connect with fans and and create this whole empire through her connection with people and people's obsession with her and it, it, it really involved both of them so it makes sense that chris would be at the office and have a permanent office at that office there is no reason that they would share a physical desk
0: yeah i don't even know if this was the actual scene but the one that i'm thinking of is when they're sitting there and kylie's basically saying that she does her reveal videos like she films them for her instagram stories uh beforehand because it's too stressful to do it in the moment which i know everybody was thinking like yeah because you don't have jordan to hold it yeah that's that's what i was thinking but um so she's trying to film it and chris Well, at that point she did yeah i guess that's true she's trying to film it and chris isn't um chris is on the phone again so staged but my takeaway which a lot of people in our patreon group wrote, wrote also is that the the actual like pr boxes are
1: so much bigger yeah did you see how big they were huge I think they vary in size, but the, the Kylie skin one was huge. It looked like a damn vanity. I know. It really did. Okay.
0: We're going to move on to scene four now. This was Chloe and Kendall. They're sitting in Chloe's viewing room. <laughs> Julie writes, you guys know the one. <laughs> and this is, again, at the start of another plotline, which is <laughs> this episode was so ridiculous. Like this episode was so ridiculous. As I'm saying it, I'm just recognizing it. But okay. But
1: yeah, it, it was so like
0: was- i'm gonna watch it anyway and i'm gonna talk about it and i loved it but it was really ridiculous okay it's fine so courtney and kendall went on a trip together and you know in kendall's view which is what she's telling chloe it really didn't go well and courtney was really rude to her and courtney was kind of throwing her under the bus and making jokes at her expense to kendall's friends because the trip was kendall their friend Phi, luca all of these 20 something year olds and then courtney right yeah and Kendall's voicing this frustration to Chloe. And I have to say, Chloe's an excellent, like, she's the person, if I was venting about something, she's the person I want to
1: go to because she's rational, but she also totally hypes you up. She hypes every person she's with up. Yeah. That's the whole point of this episode. Also, the funniest thing was the opening of the scene when they're sitting there eating Hershey Kisses and Chloe's like, Hershey Kisses are amazing. I had no idea. Like, I forgot how good they were. And Kendall's like, yeah, I've never had one. Yeah, that was one where we all looked at each other. Which, by the way, I wrote. I've never had one either, but I also hate chocolate. You've never had a Hershey Kiss? I can't. The idea of them like makes me nauseous. Wow, I can't like stand solid chocolate. It's
0: a very bizarre thing about you. Although she loves sour Skittles and anything, and I'll
1: eat chocolate if it has something in it. Yeah, and I like M and M's.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's kind of bizarre. Anyway, so Kendall was just really like visibly upset by this whole situation. Yeah I don't I don't think that was I don't think that was bullshit. I think if anything this was the
1: one plot line that had a little more truth than the rest of them. I think there is validity to the plot line. I think it was just obviously blown out of proportion, but also Kendall's issue is that she just never confronts anything and she'll just complain and complain about it. It's like you want something done, just fucking say something about it.
0: That's what, if I had one kind of like internal frustration that lingered throughout this entire episode, that would be it. The fact that I felt like nothing was being actually confronted. It was all being talked about. We'll get to the confrontation but that's at the end.
1: every Kendall plotline in every episode. Kendall gets upset, tells a sibling she's upset, and then doesn't tell the other sibling who she's upset at that she's upset. Yes. May I add this
0: was very reminiscent of last week when she was, or two weeks ago, when she was pissed about at Courtney for staying at, overstaying her welcome at her house. And, and she took, complains to everyone else. Right. And then it's t- – yeah. Listen, it's, she's – at least she's honest about it. It would be one thing if she was sitting there saying, like, I excel at confrontation. She's so right there being like, it's not my thing. I hate it. She, she's like – she's very forthcoming about her inability to communicate effectively.
1: Yeah, but then she shouldn't complain to other people about it. Well, Okay.
0: So one of the examples she gave was that they were in the car, in the car, and Courtney put her muddy feet up on the, t- on the center console, and Kendall asked her to take them off, and Courtney was like, "Relax, it's a vehicle, a vehicle," and kind of like put them up on either of the, um, like the head things, and Kendall was just saying to Chloe, like, "It was so unnecessary, right?" She was like so upset by that one little thing. You could tell it was the
1: kind of situation where she wasn't upset by the individual event. She was, it was the piling, it was the piling on, of things. on. and then there was the thing with the key where she was saying to Courtney, like. Do you have a zipper pocket? Because we can't lose this key. Like I can't get home. We can't get home if we lose the key. And Courtney's like, "Oh my god! Like, relax. It's a key." And she's like, "But that's not the point." It, to me, this plotline was, yes, very typical. But also, why? To me, I just don't really understand why Courtney's spending all of her time with Kendall's friends. Well, this is this brings up something really interesting, which is that we've always seen
0: throughout all of their friends. There's a lot of mixing. I mean everyone from jordan t- to and chloe back in the day to like courtney and all of her i mean everybody is always intertwined like growing up kendall and kylie had all the same friends uh kylie i mean kim chloe and courtney shared like everybody has always been intertwined but i think that it be- it really comes to the surface when it's the biggest age difference like courtney is 40 and kendall's friends are like between 21 and 24 to
1: me it seems like courtney like getting closer to kendall for the sole purpose of hanging out with kendall's friends like it's not like courtney and kendall got really close and then all of a sudden like courtney was hanging out with kendall's friends as a result of that courtney got close with kendall's friends and then started getting closer with kendall as a result of that right or at least so we see it that's what it is <laughs> also like the 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 whole thing with this episode is that like and and we'll get more into this after as we go but kendall's just upset and courtney is 40 and her sister is 20 and upset like it, there's no reason that this needed to be a plot line throughout because if Courtney was an adult, she could have just apologized I and mean, been like, I, I'm basically old enough to be your mother. Like, I'm I'm sorry that you're upset. Mm-hmm. No, I agree.
0: Although I, I – my frustration was mounting throughout this whole thing. But I agree with you. In we big, can get, big more major, we'll we get, get more into more it. We'll get more into it. So we just want to stop to tell you guys about Dave.com. Overdraft fees – If you are anything like me, you cannot stand them. I believe that it's time for them to die. Those surprise bank charges over a couple of bucks in your account are useless, painful, and nothing but pure profit for big banks. But thanks to the Dave app, you never have to pay an overdraft fee again. So let me explain to you what it is. Basically, Dave is the number one budgeting app in America because it saves you from overdraft fees, tells you about upcoming bills, and can advance you $75 from your next paycheck with no credit check and no interest. The amazing thing about the Dave app is that it's literally $1 a month, which equates to $12 a year. It's way less than an overdraft fee, and you'll never have to pay one again. It can help you budget for upcoming expenses, text you if you're spending too much, and if you need cash fast, they can advance you $75 in just 90 seconds. Also, my personal favorite thing about this is that Mark Cuban is an investor in Dave because he got crushed by overdraft fees in his 20s, and he wants you to never pay an overdraft fee again, which a Mark Cuban endorsement to me, I mean, what could be better? There are 3 million people that currently use Dave to save up to $1,000 a year in overdraft fees, and that's why it's the number one budgeting app in the App Store. So go to dave.com slash celebs. It really helps the show if you let them know you heard it here, and then download Dave and never pay another overdraft fee again. It's immediate savings. Go now, dave.com slash celebs. It's spelled just like it sounds, dave.com, D-A-V-E dot com slash celebs. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like, I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. Okay, let's take you to the next scene. This was at – I believe it was Kim's office. I, like, never can fully tell, but I'm pretty sure it was. Kim's office, question mark? Yeah, I wasn't sure either, but I think so. And it was Courtney and Kim, and Courtney's. I mean, Kim, again, is talking about her psoriasis and saying how she wanted to see this guy, the medical medium, which – had you heard of him before this? No. You hadn't? No. Okay, this is where me and Julie's differences really come out, and I can sense that we're going to get into a fight in a couple minutes, but – I'm
1: already angry. Yeah, we're already mad.
0: I like totally believe in this idea of intuitive healing and that people can, you know, you don't have to be an MD to be able to solve people's medical problems. But I know that that's a controversial take. Anyway, there's this guy, the medical medium. He is very, very famous. He is or can be named responsible for the celery juice trend. A lot of people contest that because they say it was, you know, around for way before him and he just brought it into mainstream. Anyway, so Kim's been trying all these different things. Nothing's working. So she brings him in. And... Julie wrote the outline for this. Let me just see what she wrote before I even say it. He literally waves his hands over her body and says, With you, your problem is the liver. You have really high deposits of copper. Says it's a toxin that's floating to the skin, and that celery juice will help it. Emma, the scene is why you can move to LA if you want, but I'm staying right fucking here. <laughs> I knew. I knew there was going to be I a mean, lot like that. This is ridiculous. Okay, why don't you give your take first and then I'll respond. My take is that this is ridiculous. You think there's zero validity to someone being able to have some sort of intuitive capabilities to be able to scan her body like that? Yes. Okay. I strongly disagree. I'm not saying he's necessarily
1: the real deal, but I think it's totally doable. I would urge you slash anyone who also believes that to seek genuine actual medical – trained medical help before – Right. Well, I think things get very – first of all, you can believe whatever you want, but things get very dangerous when you choose those things over actual things.
0: Right. In her case, though, it wasn't necessarily over it. She had been trying a lot of things, and she was like, let me just see if yeah. this works. Like,
1: this couldn't hurt for her, but I would
0: – Yes. I – okay. I hear you. With a with a life-threatening illness, to make that your number one thing that's trying to combat it, totally – Or even creative. not
1: even a life-threatening illness. Like, there are, there are plenty of times where people have things that they think are no big deals, and they – seek alternative things that turn into bigger deals because they didn't get actual medical help because they were putting it off that's
0: true i've seen in my own personal life and people that i
1: know like holistic
0: practices really help so that's why i'm a little i more... do have to
1: say i took this I, I texted you the day when i had a cold and there was this like whole i told you this right no I oh <laughs> I feel like the my comes god out. literally no you're not gonna believe this my mom's gonna die when i tell the story there are these like elderberry like cough they're amazing emma I I first of all I was sick. Ah, I, I see no, you no, hold my on, good hold on. Elderberry. Hold on. I, t- I took them and I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is ridiculous. My mom had the same cold a week later and she comes into her room, she's like, You're not gonna believe this. I was like, they're amazing, right? She's like, I can't believe it. She's like, I thought you were crazy. She's like, I didn't believe you. I thought you were just faking a cold, and then it just happened to get better because you weren't even sick in the first place.
0: <laughs> Wait, till I teach you about echinacea. I know.
1: It's it, it told, it's a real thing. And it's Wow. But that's different than somebody waving their hands over your body.
0: Yes. But that was such a productive thing that you said. Thank you for acknowledging that. You're welcome. Typically,
1: she's like only Benadryl
0: or like only anything that's kind of like relatively toxic. Oh, Benadryl is amazing. I know. We're, we're not getting There's it.
1: nothing in the whole world like Benadryl. Anyway, Kanye walks in and,
0: you know, he sits down and Kim's like, yeah, so this guy basically, you know, waves his hands over you and, and tells you what's wrong. Do
1: you want to do a reading? And Kanye's like, yeah, sure. So tell them how it went down. So he stands up. Ken's like, stand up. It works better or whatever. This guy's like waving his hand over him. He like waves his hand over his chest. And he's like, you have heart problems to worry about later. And Kanye goes, under his breath, just goes, yeah, fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like waving his hands over Kanye's head. And he's like, you have a neurotransmitter deficiency on your left side. He's like, OK, first of all, duh. <laughs> he's like, what'd you do, read the news? Like and then he's like but other than that you seem pretty like healthy whatever he like keeps waving his hand over kanye kanye's like i could literally do this and then he like the guy leaves and, and kanye walks over and kisses kim he's like can i do that to you later
0: <laughs> okay you wrote i see you wrote this here you're like can we talk about their sex life we never talk about their sex life we never talk about their sex life out of all, everyone think about how much we talk about other people's we never talk about theirs. why do you think that is i don't know i don't know. they're like the old married couple like honestly yeah i can't believe that kim kardashian who was the you know participant in the sex tape that made the whole like family go viral we don't we pay zero attention i think it's also because she exudes so much sex appeal in her daily life that i'm almost less interested of her in the bedroom because it's like i feel like i see so much of it anyway do you know what i mean does that make sense
1: yeah i don't know i'm just i'm so i would be so interested to see their sex tape
0: oh my god they're
1: crazy in bed you know they are they must be i
0: mean come on There's Also, but for any other, for I mean, for a million other reasons, but also for the fact that, like, as we've discussed at length, Kanye idolizes Kim uh, aesthetically. Like, to him, there is no one hotter. So imagine every single time you're having sex, you're having sex with the person that you think is, like, the hottest person in the world. You know what I mean? That was beautiful. Like, I'm just saying. Wow. I also can imagine Kanye, as much as he can be called a narcissist and all these things, I can imagine him, like, really making a very concerted effort to, like, make her feel good
1: yes and i don't think that that would be the case with kanye and every woman i think no. that's specifically the con- the case of kanye again. yeah
0: yeah he's like we're not finishing here until you have an orgasm there's no way don't you kind of agree? So yeah, of course I agree. So, so romantic. I love him so much. Julie, you know, I still think you know exactly what I'm going to say. I still think the funniest thing about this entire podcast is when you thought Pete Davidson saying that he jacked off to Ariana was the most romantic thing, and
1: Isabel's mom texted you like in panic, like, please Tell, texted Isabel. Tell Julie that is not romantic. <laughs> that is so romantic. Are you kidding?
0: <laughs> okay, let's move on now to scene six. They're at the Kylie Cosmetics office and. Again, you know, carrying on the storyline that Chris is kind of taking over. So Kylie walks into her office and Chris is in this literal giant massage chair. I mean, this thing was like swallowing her. Got to get me one of those. We got to get one of those. Holy shit. You know what it looks like? It looks like when you go to a really nice mall and you can like use a ma- massage chair for like five minutes. Brookstone. Brookstone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar with the Brookstone. This is kind of like for us normal people going to Brookstone and being like, oh, that was an amazing 20 minutes. They just bought one, you know? Yeah, I thought we could get a giant massage chair. Yeah, we just kind of could. So... Um. this is <laughs> Julie writes Chris could use a haircut her hair was longer what do you think
1: of it? And Chloe tweeted about this after the episode and was like my mom is so stunningly go- like beyond gorgeous but I like her with shorter hair I do too I felt it looked like it, it was noticeable it, it didn't look like she was going out it looked like She didn't want to get a haircut. Mm -hmm. She needed it. Was this the scene when Kylie pulled her car in or was that later on? No, later. Okay, we'll get later on because that was – You think this was the scene when Kylie pulled her car in and I made no mention in the scene that you're talking about of a G-Wagon? I didn't think so. I was just making sure. Okay, that – again, that was just kind of like setting the
0: scene. So next one, they're at Kendall's house and it's Harry and – Harry and Courtney in Courtney's house without her and in Ke- Kendall's house. I'm sorry, in Kendall's house without her and Kendall walks in the kitchen. They're sitting there, and Kendall had invited Phi over for dinner and Harry and Harry. But Courtney came with them, so Kendall like walks in expecting to see Harry, and she sees Harry and Courtney. Which I will say, maybe you want to say some of the, her, Courtney's friendships with Kendall's other friends are new, not with Harry. They've been they've, no, they've been friends been very for a while. Close. Yeah. If you notice, anytime Kendall, I mean Courtney posts. Uh, text screen to her Insta story it's always or most of the time it's of Harry Harry sent right, her these like, like really motivational motivational almost like spiritual things as you know he's a cancer survivor and he has like taken like spirituality just runs through his veins I think he thinks that that's one of the things that got him through it yeah. and so he's very much like that for her like I think he serves that purpose in her he life he sends her really like gorgeous text messages he's a re- he seems like a really nice guy so I guess Phi was supposed to be coming he ended up coming late and uh Qu- Kendall's Courtney's like, yeah, he's getting his haircut, but then he's coming. And Kendall's like, oh, he's getting his haircut. And Courtney's like, "Um, mm, I know more than Kendall. Like that line was
1: just. Yeah. Also, Kendall can't take a joke. That's what this comes down to also. Yeah. She's very sensitive. And it's like not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just like, first of all, it's two things. Like, first of all, Courtney, if you know Kendall's sensitive, like why do you have to push on that? I think that they're di- – and I, we, I think we have said this before. I don't know if we've
0: said it on here, but I think we've said it to each other that like – when we try to think about the group dynamics and who kind of gels the best and who gels the worst, if I had to envision it, I would always have said way before this episode I would imagine Courtney and Kendall having the hardest time because Kendall is probably the most sensitive of everyone and Courtney is probably the least empathetic of everyone. And that's or so why, it seems. And
1: that's why Chloe and Kendall get along so, so well because Chloe is
0: so overly empathetic. Right. And whereas Courtney, I think, has maybe a little bit more of a hard time, like obviously showing compassion.
1: And I think, and this is something they've spoken about themselves about Chloe taking on like the the real older sister role to the younger kids, and like really helping to raise them in a way that Kim and Courtney kind of didn't. But you can see it in the way that Chloe and Kendall interact, where like Kendall will walk in and like sit on Courtney's lap or something, or I mean on Chloe's lap, and Chloe's like really affectionate, and, like really like motherly towards her, where like Courtney is just so like has no patience for for Kendall and no patience for the fact that she's like sensitive and and can't take a joke.
0: Yeah, which is so interesting because Courtney is also such an unbelievable mother. Like she has such maternal nurturing aspects to her I just think that it doesn't come really come out with the other siblings does that make sense to you? It just
1: yeah I think that she's one of those people where it's it's like almost a little robotic where it's like okay my kids like I have to be empathetic towards them not that it's forced I think she's genuinely like loves her kids so so much and it's, it comes so easy for her to do it with them but I don't think it comes easy for her to do that with other people
0: I agree so um there are two other funny things about this scene one Courtney is in Kendall's closet and she's pointing out that like her Ziploc bags are pla- their, like Ziploc bags that are plastic and biodegradable or whatever. And Kendall's like to her housekeeper is like, oh, I just want her to leave. And I made me think what more do you have to say?
1: I don't know, but it was so funny.
0: <laughs> what I was about to say is how much shit do you think these housekeepers have heard? Like I bet they gossip to their housekeepers about each other slash everything. It's like a glam squad. We never think about that. We only think about the glam because squad. Because they also,
1: oh my God, you're right. Because they're just always there, but they don't, they like, they obviously have the NDAs, but like they obviously tell their other housekeeper friends. Yeah.
0: I mean, imagine the shit you learn from, like, being there. Should we become housekeepers? I know. Like, in Calabasas, could you imagine? I don't know. I don't know. There's
1: worse ways to live life.
0: (laughs) I know. The other thing that I wanted to note was that Courtney is incredibly flirty with Kendall's friends. The exact point that I'm talking about is when Phi like, lifted her up to, like, go over the gate. And I just wonder – I'm just hypothesizing here. I wonder if Kendall doesn't really take well to that. I
1: imagine she doesn't. But the thing is – It's so – to me, it's so typical Courtney. Like, it's just – first of all, she has a very flirty personality in general. She probably thinks that Fi is Eunice in the first place. So she's like, I have to try and at least fuck him. I mean, we all do. But it's like also – it it does make sense. Like if you were forty and like as hot as Courtney is, you still want that validation that you're forty and hot, and you have all these twenty year old guys like giving you attention and like lifting you up. Of course you want that. Like no, of, course of course you're gonna be flirty in return. I you think they've had sex?
0: Yeah. Or like if not will?
1: No, I think they have. I low-key do too. But I feel like people will disagree. But I kind of think so. I don't. I don't think people will disagree. I think people already thought they did before this episode, because it wouldn't be any sort of like betrayal. It's not like he was hooking up with anyone. Like, okay, a couple weeks
0: ago, did you see? I, think, I don't know if we talked about it. There was like that clapback when um, someone commented on Chloe's picture of her and Scott and was like, "You guys yeah. hook up?" And she was like, "Obviously not." And for us, like, obviously not. Like, okay, if you want to believe that in your head for like a quarter of a second, fine. But in in no world would Chloe ever have sex with Scott. It just is never going to happen. Whereas Courtney and Phi is like kind of feasible i feel like
1: i it's like way different yeah so you're right also i i don't know i think that i don't think anyone would be surprised or mad there was like the rumor about her hooking up with luca did you hear when she when they were talking about the car ride and she was like i had my legs over luca she's like i had
0: my legs over luca i had my legs over fi i was like oh i would have loved a camera in that car yeah yeah see why why were those scenes not filmed how are you going to tell us all about mammoth and then not even film
1: mammoth you know yeah yeah, these people think they can just take <laughs> private trips and have their own alone time. What kind of like, bullshit is that? You know that? what? And here's the thing about that stupid fight. <laughs> if we had cameras on you, it would have been settled in five minutes. Let's watch back the footage. Exactly. Exactly. I would do that. If I was, that's like the only reason I'd want to be on a reality show. Oh, you don't think I'm right? Yeah. Oh, I might get a reality show. That's, that's the only reason you would want to be on one. Doesn't that sound amazing to you? For you, yes. It's my worst nightmare. But not – let's say you didn't have to be on TV, but you could just always prove you were right. Yeah, if
0: I had, like, someone documenting me that I – yeah, that would be amazing. That's my new dream. Okay, let us move now to scene eight. This was Courtney and Chloe in the car, and this was when Courtney was really letting it rip in terms of her frustration with Kendall. Can you explain? you <laughs> just gets
1: tired of doing it. Like, I just this, – this scene just bothered me so much. So they're in the car, and – Courtney obviously has a very different interpretation of what happened on this trip. And Chloe is, in her way, explaining, in their way, starting the plot. But she's like, you know, Kendall was over and she's really upset. She was saying all these things that you did and, like, you're bullying her. And and Courtney's like, hold up. Like, I'm not bullying her. Like, we were all joking. We were all having fun. And Kendall's just being crazy. And Courtney's, like, retelling the story and she stops. She's like, wow, she's so annoying now that I think about it. Like, it was just so funny, but she's saying that Courtney's story is that they were at the grocery store and um, they Kendall had this list of food that they were supposed to get. I guess they were cooking for themselves while they were on the ski trip. And Phi wanted potatoes and she was like, no, we can't stray away from the list. We, can, we cannot get anything that's not on the list. Mm-hmm. Courtney's obviously exaggerating this situation. There's just no way that's what happened. Courtney's like, you know what? And so I said to everybody, get whatever you want. It's on me. I'll pay for everything. As if like, as if Kendall's approach to this was like in a money-saving world like Kendall later explains that she that the story that Courtney's telling is just incorrect like she's just obviously exaggerating it and Courtney's making a whole thing so now Chloe's like getting all this information She's like oh I got to go back to Kendall and explain the way that Courtney says it like Chloe did not need to put herself in the middle of this the way she did well I have a lot of things to
0: say which we'll get into how it kind of resolved itself but yeah, on one hand, I see that. At the same time, she was really put in the middle. Like, they both put her in the middle. She she didn't have to necessarily tell each of their sides to each other without the other person there. Like, I think maybe a potentially more productive approach would have been, like, I'm sitting you both down. Here's what I heard from you. Here's what I heard from you. Let's hash it out.
1: Yeah. But she was still put in a, like, kind no, of no, 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 no. spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she was – I think Chloe thrives in those situations. Oh, I
0: totally think she does. I I was loving every second of it. Anyway,
1: um. I feel like we're explaining this so poorly because there's just it's so stupid. It, yeah, no, I, it's real this this one really isn't us. This is really just this, this is episode. not our fault.
0: No, this episode really had a lot of fluff, but you know what? We are still gonna sit here for forty five minutes and talk about it indefinitely because that's what we do. and you want to know something all of you that hated it, you still watched, and you still want to talk about it because we're just all in it like we're all just uh, like obsessed. I can't I don't know what to do
1: yeah i don't either it's kind of a sickness at this this no this episode really truly it really hit home
0: how far this fascination has gone because it's like okay when we're seeing really cool details about like kim and kanye's life or this that it's like yeah i totally get it why do i care about kendall and courtney fighting over potatoes but i do yeah i so do i don't know i don't know emmy i made my dad watch it with me last night did i tell you that what did he think he could, He was like, how is this what you are enjoying? But then towards the end, he was like, you know, I'm glad they made up.
1: He always does that. I know. He's so full of shit. I know.
0: In the beginning, he's always like, like we wa- okay, David Dobrik,
1: though, we've got him fully converted. Fully converted. Well, that's an easy one for him to understand why it's entertaining. Yeah. He knows with that one, he just has to be entertained. He doesn't have to care. Right, right. Okay. Can I make a controversial statement that mm-hmm. has nothing to do with your dad or Kendall or Corny? Yeah. I fucking hate that they call true Truseldorf. It's interesting. It's like there's no way True's gonna grow up and like Courtney's gonna be like True's a dwarf, but she's gonna be like literally fucking stop. I'm with all my friends, and you know Courtney's not gonna stop because she's not gonna give a shit that True hates it. Yeah, it's it bad enough that they guard True. You <laughs> gotta add old dwarf to that. It's ridiculous.
0: I have to say though, like in the beginning when when um, when True first came on the scene. <laughs> And everybody was giving Chloe so much shit for always having her head covered. She looks so goddamn cute in those little headbands. She does look cute. I think she's adorable. No, but I'm saying in the headbands, I love it. Like I, I get Chloe. I get why she wants it. She just it really
1: dresses her up. Listen, she has the head for it. I don't know what to say. She does. <laughs> she has the head for. She has the head for headwear. I have the head for hats because my head's so small. I do. I do. I look amazing in a hat. I'm like true. I was about to. Say. I'm like Juizeldorf. <laughs>
0: Okay, let me take you now to the Kylie Cosmetics office. We've been there before. Um, and Kylie rolls in in this sick gold slash nude colored G wagon, sick, sick, and she pulls in and she's expecting to pull into her spot. And there's a giant sign: "This is reserved for chris Jenner." And she's like, "Oh hell no." So she calls Chris, and Chris is like, yeah, no, um, listen, I'm older. Like, that's obviously my spot. I got you a beautiful pink sign. It's just a couple spots down. And Kylie's like, I know this bitch doesn't think I'm about to go 10 spots down in my, old op- in my own office. And I'm thinking, like, is, is this real
1: life right now? By the way, and I wrote this, if you'll see, you're going to tell me that at the Kylie Cosmetics, no matter how many other people are in that building, Kylie couldn't get the spot next to Chris's? That one wasn't available? Are you fucking kidding me? There's just no way. There's um, there's just no way. Yeah, no, no, no. There's she going to get spot fucking 15. And also. Like the, what? She's a bank teller or something? She did spot 15, <laughs> not the CEO of her office? That's ridiculous. Wait, and also the <laughs> fact that she just goes and picks up the sign and it's, it's Velcro.
0: And she, she's just like this fucking cheap ass Velcro. I'm like, there's so many things that are off here. Like just, so, it was like, a, it was like the Starbucks being in Game of Thrones kind of thing. You know what I mean? I know, what a
1: reference that I just pulled. I know, but you know what I mean? Well, that's how you know it was for the plot. Because it was real. It would never have been Velcro. Yeah. When was the last time you think the Kardashians used Velcro?
0: No. I mean, and the fact that Kylie would even think that it would be Velcro to pull it off, the whole thing was just off. But again, my takeaway from that scene was I fucking love that car. Love. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so she's pissed and that kind of leads us on. Wait, and they're on the phone and Kylie's like i was like you're literally in my spot i'm taking that spot and, and chris was like bad connection can't hear you gotta go bye like that's how you knew this plot line the reason i like actually liked this plotline more than the courtney kendall plotline is because i wasn't frustrated by it like they were obviously joking the whole time
0: yeah no they were they were obviously joking i don't i don't even think they were trying to convince us that they weren't no they weren't 50 high school senior girls descend on mobile alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize It isn't Survivor, it's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliyai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Okay, the next scene continues this Kendall-Courtney narrative. They're at Chloe's house. By the way, a lot of scenes were filmed at Chloe's house. Yeah. I love her outdoors. I really do.
1: Yeah, it's no Courtney's, but it's gorgeous. It's no Courtney's, but it's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I I happen to really like – I really, really like Chloe's kitchen. Yeah. She may have my favorite kitchen, actually, and I don't often compliment her house as my favorite. Wow, that's interesting. I don't don't want that set in stone, but I really, really like her kitchen. It's in the running. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Chloe
0: and Kendall. They're at Chloe's house, and Chloe's kind of now telling the other side to Kendall. So she's saying, listen, I spoke to Courtney about the trip, and she has a night and day version of what you told me. And Kendall's like, what did this bitch tell you? And Chloe – explains what Courtney said about Kendall being so dramatic about the grocery list. And Kendall is pissed. She's like, that is bullshit. That is not what happened. She's like, I just hate wasting food. Again, subtle plug to them being environmentally conscious. I'm not saying she's not, but it was like a good thing to say out loud. But also it was a really rational thing for her
1: to explain. And like also of all people, Courtney should be able to
0: understand that. Yeah. So she was like, listen, I just – I don't like wasting food. We were there for one weekend and I didn't feel like we needed to get so many things that were off the list. Right? Makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. And, you know, Chloe's just kind of like, well, one of you, one of you is not telling the truth here. Yeah. I think this is when Chloe was also starting to realize how stupid this whole thing was. Yeah, Chloe's like, "Fuck, I'm so deep in this and I so don't care yeah. anymore." And Kendall was basically saying, "Chloe, Courtney's like going out of her way to make me seem crazy and I swear I'm not." Okay. Let's take you now to scene 11, where Kendall's in the car, which She's on the phone with Courtney, and of course, her confrontation is on the phone because there was no way the initial one was going to happen in person. There was no, just no way. Just no way. And Kendall's like, "We never had an argument about potatoes." And Courtney's like, "I never said we had an argument." And Kendall's then saying what what Chloe said, and now it's like they're both just—I don't know—it was a major disconnect here.
1: Yeah, and and Kendall's like, "I'm you're talking." Kendall's like, "You're talking shit about me behind my back." And Kendall's like, "And Courtney's like, everyone was tiptoeing around you, like." Everyone was scared of you at the grocery store. And Kendall's like, well, then if they were, then you're talking with my friends behind my back, talking shit about me, and I wasn't even aware of this. And Courtney's like, well, I just don't have time to talk to a lunatic right now. And it's like, again, going back to like, the you're the adult in this situation, Courtney. Like, to me, if somebody who's your sister, who's 20 years younger than you calls you and is like, I am upset about this. I feel like you're talking shit about me. Why can't Courtney just say like, you're, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it for it to be construed that way. Like, this could have just been... And the the thing is with this plot line is that I, I feel like it's not even that they dragged it on for the sake of the episode. Like, Courtney wouldn't have let it end there. She is so much more concerned about, like, not having to apologize or not having to be empathetic in a situation than she is about, like, just letting it blow over.
0: Yeah, I think it's a combination of that coupled with Kendall's sensitivity, coupled with the fact that they needed it to last the whole episode. Also, I think that there's a... I think that, like... What happened here was legitimate, but also there's just an underlying theme, which is that I think Kendall has, again, this is really me just like hypothesizing, I think Kendall has almost like a lingering, I don't know if insecurity is the right word, but kind of frustration with the fact that in her friend group, Courtney is viewed potentially at times more favorably than she is. Like I think it's known that she could has the reputation to the public of being boring, whether or not that's true.
1: And I think that situations like this kind of bring that out. Do you think there's any truth to that? Yes, and I think also any time there's like quote like a new person entering the friend group and they are, you know, they come in as kind of like the older alpha and they're new to the group, it's like Kendall's like I was here first. Like Kendall's territorial over this and I I get it. I just I don't know. I think that with Courtney, it's not like Kendall's hanging out with Courtney's friends and Courtney's being funny at Kendall's expense and Courtney's friends are laughing at Kendall. Like it's like Courtney came in to Kendall's like safety net and then like screwed that all up for her. Yeah, I understand why Kendall was so upset. I think she was obviously a little dramatic in the situation and obviously a little oversensitive. But like at the core principle of it, it makes sense. I agree with you. No, it does make sense. It just – I think that her, her arguments would be so much more
0: – she'd have so much more like legitimate, legitimacy or so much more leverage if she wasn't so unbelievably painfully bad at confrontation because it takes away from her point. You know what yes. I mean? If she could just really like maturely sit down and have the discussion. I'm, I agree with you that oh, in the big picture, Courtney was in the wrong. I agree with you. But the way that, Ke- like I think that this should be a, a, the biggest sign to Kendall. If, like, you know what? This is an issue that continually arises and I need to really work on it. And she may be.
1: But on the other hand, court. this isn't just like a fight between friends or like a fight between like two people that don't really know each other. And, like it's her sister. Courtney has known Kendall's whole life that Kendall's bad at confrontation. If she understands that about her, then like, there's no reason that Courtney should be dragging this on just for the sole purpose of being right. It's it's the th- reason it was so frustrating is because Courtney doesn't lose anything by being like, I'm sorry you were upset, I'll stop. Like uh, I, she doesn't even have to say like, I'm sorry I was wrong. Just acknowledge that like she made Kendall upset. And I always say this, like, you don't get to decide what makes someone else upset. Like totally. you don't get to say you're not upset at that because I didn't do something wrong. Like, Kendall's saying she's upset. She's upset, and it's the bottom line. And Courtney should have just been the bigger person in the situation. And just Courtney is such an oldest child. You say that every I have time. PTSD when I watch this. I think
0: from your older sister.
1: Yeah, I think that I just like. I think they're so similar. Really, I have to tell her that, not in a good way. <laughs> okay, let me take you to the
0: next scene. It was Chloe at Chloe's house again. And it's her and Courtney. They're brainstorming the names for Poosh, which, again. Like wildly convenient marketing that, as just as the time that Poosh is really trying to blow up, they have this whole scene in it. Poosh I already blew up. Yeah. I don't as know where well. you've been. <laughs> as you guys know, if, or if you don't know by now, Julie is a big Poosh fan. So they're brainstorming different names, and, and Courtney's like, what about Court? <laughs> creative i know i was like where'd you come up with that?" you visionary and and chloe's like well i kind of like don't think it should be your name <laughs> and, and courtney's like i was thinking 25 you know my favorite number and courtney's like and chloe's like who over the age of like 10 has a favorite number and she's like kim does it's six mine's two i was like i love it that Do I'm you have a favorite number? Little, like i like nine why my birthday is 27 7 plus 2 is 9 i don't know it's always been a thing
1: interesting yeah i would and have thought you september, would have had September's like, september is the ninth month of the year I would have thought that you would have had like a like a spiritual number. Well, I I you know I I
0: definitely think I'm very much a Libra, which is September.
1: Yeah, but I I thought you would have been like no.
0: There's no very deeply rooted sort of spiritual number. But I that know. one has repeated. Actually, remember in L.A. at all of the rooms, kept being my mom's um, birthday. Remember when we were at Kelly? Oh, my God. We never told this story. I forgot about this. Okay. So as you guys know, obviously by now, my mom passed away last August. And like it really happened at the exact same time that everything was taking off. So I like, yes, I'm obviously very spiritual and believe that people come to you in messages and always. And so I – me and my mom always, like before she passed, I said, you're always going to come to me, right? And she was like, always. And I do. I feel her every second. But – one of the things that she wanted more than anything before she died was to meet Kelly because Kelly because we've obviously become close with her and she's been so amazing to us. And it was like a thing my mom really wanted to meet her. She didn't end up getting the chance to. Anyway, in – was it – I don't know when it was. October. October. It was like a couple months. It was Yom Kippur. Months, I remember that. It was a couple months after my mom died. It was the day that Chrissy Teigen was going to be on live with Kelly and Kelly invited us. And we go and we're sitting there and we meet Chrissy and it was like this insane day. Like the whole thing was just over – like the fact that we were meeting Chrissy and she was like, oh my god, I love you guys. She did that video for us, for our story. The whole thing was crazy. Anyway, we're sitting there and it was at the time when Live with Kelly and Ryan was doing trivia. I think they do it every episode. Oh, do they? Yeah. And everybody got like a trivia number and there's – I mean hundreds of numbers and they're like Anne, our lucky winner is 118 and i turned to julie i'm like that is my mom's birthday like no, january 18th is
1: my mom's birthday what are the fucking chances thing ever i'm sorry the numbers were everywhere from like 1 to a 1000 there no, was no it was like 1 to 300 i think but still it it was one eight. it was the it wasn't even like it could have been 1 it could have been 18 it was 118 it was the craziest thing and especially
0: because i had been talking about my mom that whole morning to Julia, i was like oh i just wish she could like i wish i could call her at the end of this day and tell her about the fact what just happened you know it was so crazy that was a
1: really crazy moment yeah that was a really crazy even moment. you were like
0: holy shit you didn't understand why, like, my jaw dropped. And then when I told you, like, Julie January teeth was my mom's birthday, and then my jaw dropped. Yeah, and then we, spo- yeah, and then we both just like started crying, and it was really special. And then I told Kelly after, and Kelly was like, I totally,
1: like, yeah, Kelly that. was like, Oh my god, I can't,
0: yeah. Okay, so they're brainstorming what poo should be. And at this time, Courtney also FaceTimes Phi, and she like jokingly asks if she's going on if he's going on Kendall's Palm Springs trip because obviously Courtney wasn't invited. I kind of felt like tell me if you think I was off. I kind of felt like Phi was
1: siding with Courtney a little. He was in the sense that he was laughing with her, but he also wasn't. It was kind of a mix. Like he was laughing with her, but he was also being protective over Kendall. I think because he said like he made it clear it was that he was cho- he wasn't choosing not to go. He was like I can't go, and then Courtney was like joking around about it because Courtney was like who's even going and Chloe's like anybody but the Mammoth crew, and. Courtney is like repeats it to Phi so he could hear, her. and she's like laughing, and she's like, "I wasn't invited. I'll never be invited back again." And and Fi says to her like, "Courtney, you literally got in trouble for quote talking shit behind her back. Like that's what you're doing right now." Yeah. So it was like she, he was like he was kind of
0: both sided here. Yeah. So true. Um. And then Chloe says offline or on the on the confessional, she's like, "I definitely see that Courtney is cracking jokes at Kendall's expense, but it's not malicious. Which again, I never, I don't, I would never say it's malicious. I just think it's non aware." but not malicious. She's not trying
1: to hurt her. She's just putting herself
0: first. Well, what's worse?
1: To try and hurt somebody or be so unaware that you're hurting somebody that you like...
0: Well, one one could argue that being unaware is better because at least there's room for, room for improvement. Whereas if you're a malicious person, then what can you do from there?
1: But what I'm saying is... Like, yes. But what I mean is like... If, if Courtney is maliciously saying something like with the intention of being mean to Kendall because she... I'm not saying that she's always doing it maliciously but like saying at Kendall's expense because she knows Kendall's being annoying in this moment saying it with purpose rather than knowing that Kendall's upset knowing that this whole situation is going on and then not even being aware that she's talking shit like it's uh, to me it's like if you're consciously aware of something it's it's almost better like how could you be that like naive to the fact that you are doing this i hear no i hear you it's yeah there are two kind of
0: negative characteristic traits it's like what's worth what's yeah, worth yeah, less yeah. lesser of two, two evils, evils. Yeah. yeah i don't know i guess i still will go with the unawareness one because i think there's room for improvement there but yeah i hear you okay the next one they're at look, i think this entire episode of films at chloe's house i'm starting to realize yeah yeah they're at chloe's house and it's chloe kim and courtney they're playing word connect which was so funny because simultaneously while they were playing julie was playing my dad and words i actually have to play him back <laughs>
1: and i was so That's, high what's the word he played he, yeah he, he like killed her this morning he had like a 70 point oh move my god it was no 70 point move was was the other day oh. this, well, I, this morning i woke up to like a 30 point it was just game over i had four U's. it was just ridiculous i get it from both sides like my dad will turn to me like hey like i
0: just played a 34 whatever and then julie's like god damn it it's so funny like being in the middle of it anyway this is when kim psoriasis is like out of left field she has this psoriasis machine that she's putting on every aspect of her body he played sick for 21 points Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm proud of you daddy anyway so she's saying she had to cancel the the photo shoot and that the celery juice isn't working and all this stuff and she goes thank god i started law
1: school because i may have to give up my public life if i can't figure out how to clear this i'm like she was dead serious i know she was dead serious like oh shut up first of all you've had psoriasis for six years it's just the winter i told you and also like enter kkw beauty makeup and we're fine okay,
0: we can breeze through the rest of this. We're at Courtney's house and it's Chloe and Courtney and Kendall walks in. And now it's the three of them in the room, face-to-face confrontation. Every moment in our life has been waiting up to this moment. And Courtney's like, are we not over this yet? And Kendall's saying like, I really feel like you're doing things at my expense to seem funnier, to seem cooler. And Courtney's like, maybe I just am funnier and cooler. <laughs> and I'm just like, holy shit, can you just Courtney apologize? is such an
1: asshole. <laughs> so Chloe's you know trying to mediate it, but also like, a little bit making it worse. Because Way making it worse. She's like, Courtney, you know, I was sitting there and you you were talking shit about her to find. It was just such an unnecessary piece of information that just, like, could only do bad. There's just no part of that could do good. Like, Kendall's like, great. Now you're talking shit about me behind my back even after the fact and continuing to do it. My thing is, like, regardless of whose side you're on here, who you think
0: did it correctly, Courtney, <laughs> like... Courtney doesn't give shit at all, and Kendall gives a shit a lot. So, just if we're using it based on those parameters, Courtney should be the one apologizing because it's so much easier to her. Whereas Kendall is visibly upset. I can't believe we're going to
1: spend an hour talking about this episode. We're already at forty-five I minutes. No, it's unbelievable. Okay. Oh God, this Here. is where my <laughs> edible head. <laughs> Here we are again at Kylie's headquarters for a
0: plotline. I literally could not care less about if I tried. That's a Julie writes. So Chris is on the phone with Courtney, and she's explaining that Kylie is so territorial of the office. And then we flash over. It's almost like a split screen to Kylie's house where she is conveniently talking to Chloe, having the exact same conversation.
1: So <laughs>
0: she, uh, she's like, "Chris Jenner is just doing way too much with my office. Call
1: her mom. Like, why do you – when she keeps calling her Chris Jenner, it's like, first of all, if you call her
0: mom, we know who she is. <laughs> I know. I was so confused by that. And Chloe's like, yeah, me and Scott were there and, you know, she took us on a tour and K- Kylie's like, she took you on a tour. Like, I specifically said to her, don't show anyone until it was done, which – in, in, like, very much poor people terms, like, I'm saying, like, all of us, like, that's the epitome of when you are, like, redoing your room or something and you don't want your mom to, like, show your family members and they show her yeah. the new paint color. That's what I was
1: envisioning, like, myself growing up. Or Yeah, I was thinking that, like, I, when I wouldn't tell anyone what my bat, bat mitzvah theme was and then, like, my mom told somebody and I was like, it was a secret. Like, it was supposed to be a surprise. Like, they're supposed to walk into the room and see it. Right. So imagine that, but on, like, a massive multi-million dollar slash billion dollar scale is what's happening.
0: Okay, keep going.
1: I like when you explain it because I like hearing your surprise when you read my notes that I wrote when I was literally tripping. <laughs> okay, Julie writes,
0: we go now to a black and white flashback of Chloe and Scott winning the golden ticket and getting a tour of the factory. <laughs> That's so true. They take us suit a black and white of, of, like, Chris giving them this giant tour. I think the bottom line here, though, is that Chris was just genuinely so excited and she wanted to but share Chris it. But Chris is walking around and she's like, this is my office. This is my thing. They're like, it's called Kylie Cosmetics. I know. So she writes, I get a text on my phone every time there's a shift change so I know who's here. And if I'm working late at night, they meet me here. I just thought that was so interesting. It is. It is really interesting. I mean, it's always – I love seeing the behind the scenes of this me so, too. so, so much. Um, yeah. So basically, Kim Chris is just walking around like she owns the place, which as we have established, she does at least 10%. So, you know, Kylie's saying to Chloe, she's like, it's literally Kylie Cosmetics. Like, how is she going to hide the fact that she gave a tour when – you? she's like, you literally walk up and it's glass with my logo on it. I mean, the whole – this was the most. I I want you to know that we recognize how privileged of a conversation this was to even begin, but we are operating in these parameters, so that's why we're taking this so seriously. I get from you a guys bird, got it. You guys, got I it. I know, but I get from a bird's eye view. It's like, are they literally fucking kidding me? Like, I'm so sorry, your G th- like your G sixty three like couldn't fit into the parking spot. You know what I mean? Like, I get the I get how ridiculous it is, but fine. So, <laughs> Julia's narrating this. You were narrating this like a scripture. Like, okay, now back to Chris. And Chris writes in front of everyone at the office she's like don't ever park in my parking space again. It's the one thing that means something to me. I work so hard. And Chris is saying
1: that to Courtney on yeah, the phone. Yeah, Chris is
0: saying that to Courtney on the phone. And then Courtney's kind of feeding her and she says she has this entitlement in, that nobody says anything to her because she's Kylie Billionaire Jenner. And then we
1: flash back to Chloe and Kylie, and Chloe's like, "Listen, bitch, there's no friends or loyalty in the game of being a fucking billionaire." And then we hit flash back <laughs> to Chris and Courtney, and Courtney's like, "Listen, don't let her boss
0: you around. You're motherfucking, you're Chris motherfucking Jenner. You're her mother." And Chris is like, "Yeah, I'm important. I helped b- build this business with Kylie, and I'm older. I'm the mom. I deserve a little bit of respect." So she's like, "You know what? In that case,
1: I'm going to go turn my massage chair back on." I literally thought this scene was the cha-cha slide. I was like, "And one back to Chloe, and back to Chris. Yeah. One hop this time." No, it, it. <laughs> I literally wrote that
0: it was insane um okay let's go back now to Kim's photo shoot so this is where she had her collab with with Winnie Harlow for KKw beauty and it was really this was a really sweet moment she's explaining to Mario how she said to north something like oh do you think uh, Winnie's pretty and she was like no I think she's beautiful and like that north basically thinks that
1: that Winnie is this goddess and it was so sweet but we also know this because they'll comment on each other's instagrams all the time like Winnie will always comment on on Kim's Instagrams about North and be like oh my god I have to FaceTime her or like Kim will comment on Nor- when he's like you you missed the FaceTime from North today she was so upset like she'll speak to you later like they love each other yeah and I thought it was really sweet
0: that Kim was there were two parts of this Kim was on
1: one hand saying that she
0: draws a lot of like inspiration and confidence from Winnie Harlow because obviously Winnie has vitiligo and it has not stopped her at all she's one of the most powerful models and Kim was equating that to her psoriasis and she was also saying I think I get a lot of confidence from North because like North thinks Winnie's so beautiful and I'm so beautiful. And
1: I don't know. There was something really nice about that. Also, what was really sweet about the North-Winnie relationship or whatever is it's not like North was introduced to one of Kim's friends and was like, oh, my God, she's so beautiful. It was like North on her own was looking at Kim's phone and looking through Instagram on Kim's phone and, like, stumbled upon Winnie and was like, she is so beautiful and was, like, blown away at such a young age by Winnie. And I think the other thing that was so um,
0: special about this is that kids are so Like, they don't hold back. They're incredibly candid. And so it wasn't like Kim was just saying that. You know what I mean? Like, North really, really felt that way, which was – I mean, I think Winnie's, like, so beautiful.
1: Right. But it's so interesting for North to be at such a young age that maybe hasn't been exposed to, like, all of these different skin types and different skin, whatever. Like, and for her to just, like, say, like, oh, my God, she's so beautiful and not think anything of it, which as she should. But it's so, like, at such a young age, that's so incredible. Totally,
0: I think also a lot of it comes not to, like, psychoanalyze North's perception, but I think that, you know, Winnie exudes confidence like she just does. And I think that North, because of who she is, picks up on that. And I think, yeah. like, she can appreciate –
1: because she kind of – No, I, 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 agree, I agree with that. <laughs>
0: Does anybody else psychoanalyze this? Like that? No, they No. I don't.
1: psychoanalyze the kids more than the other ones. I know. Like, I literally – That's the real reason the, the, that this
0: episode was relatively underwhelming. We got, like, one second of Chicago and, and Saint and, like, a second of True and that was it. It's like, where's rain? Yeah. You know? It's ridiculous. They need to throw the kids in more, definitely. Okay. We are back at Kylie Cosmetics to, towards the end of the scene and – this is when Chris gets there and Kylie's basically like, I moved your shit. It's out, you know, it's, it's out in the hallway. And Chris is like, you have to be fucking kidding me. She basically sets up like a makeshift desk in the middle of the entire office.
1: And Chris is just like, this is a joke. Like, like as if she was just like another entry level employee. Yeah. I thought it was fucking hilarious. It was like very like Jim and Dwight on the office, like pranking each other. Did any? Of the, do you think this, did this actually happened or no shot? I think it happened as a joke. I don't even think it happened for the show as a plot line. I think it just happened as like a joke plot line between the two of them.
0: I'm reading your notes what I write (laughs) Julie
1: writes writes, Kylie tells Chris they set her up
0: with a desk and all of her things she walks outside and it's a desk with just her laptop and her Chanel in the main area oh yeah this this is what Emma probably looked like at her internships
1: (laughs) I told you my edible hit
0: hard here (laughs) <laughs> well like just a, a, like a very non-impressive desk and then a giant chanel on top yeah of it. it
1: was just like what is, it was just like why does this girl have a chanel in the middle of the office like why does this intern sitting like with every other intern just have like a giant chanel on her desk
0: i would never put it on the desk but yes i hear what you're saying so Julie writes chris storms out and literally says have a good day bitch and then Julie writes i feel like chris is literally trapped in ariana grande's music video like she embodied the mom for mean girls and can't escape now
1: Such a good comparison, yes. I feel like she just, like, loved this persona she took on, and now it's, like, a permanent part of her. Yeah. Okay, ladies
0: and gentlemen, we have two more scenes, and we're rounding it out. So we're at Courtney's house. Chloe walks in, and Penelope and Rain are on the couch. And Chloe's like, where are they? And Penelope's like, I think they're fighting outside. And we panned to outside. And, and Kendall and Courtney are, like, in a full-blown physical fight, which was very
1: Courtney and Chloe circa earlier scenes. Also, another weird thing that happened is that Chloe's like, pretzel sticks are amazing. Like, why was there a secondary plot line of the show where, like, like, and I mean, Chloe's like, pretzel sticks are amazing. Like, why was there a secondary plotline of the show where Chloe's just discovering food? Yeah, it was very, I don't know. Like, why did that happen two times in an episode where she discovered pretzels and Hershey Kisses? But I wanted to say to her, is like,
0: wait, if you ever have the pretzel sticks with the Hershey Kisses, the with, salty and sweet, you'll lose your mind.
1: With a marshmallow. Oh, my God. Heard it here you know first what's time. funny? What? Is that I love the combination of those three things, but I would never eat those three things separately. You would never just pick up a pretzel stick? Sometimes with hummus. But I would never, I don't really like them on their own. I like the soft pretzels from the mall, though.
0: Who doesn't, Auntie Annie's?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: At this point, they're they're physically fighting. They're like throwing potatoes at each other in light of the whole potato thing. And they basically were pulling. Kendall says that the whole fight was kind of staged. The ending fight yeah, it because was. they were trying to like they resolved it p- privately, and they just thought that that Kendall that Chloe got in the middle, and like they were now accusing Chloe of making it all worse, and she's like. Okay, one, yeah, maybe she did instigate it a little, but she's literally like, you have to be fucking kidding me. She's like, I just had to listen for the
1: past week, both of you blabbering onto me constantly, and now it's my fault. Also, Kendall's gonna act like this was like just Chloe blowing out her port. Kendall was literally crying in the whole episode. Yeah. She, Kendall's like, I just think that Chloe really made it a little more dramatic. It's like, listen, bitch. <laughs> this is something I wanna talk about, is when they flashback to Kendall and Courtney having the conversation, and they like do the black and white sepia, like whatever flashback. I I always think I'm going crazy during these like flashbacks, and I was finally able to pinpoint why that is. It's because when they used to do those flashbacks in that exact same filter in that exact same way, it was like this is from a previous episode. I keep thinking they're showing conversations that I missed. I don't like that they do it in the exact same way. It makes me think I'm literally going crazy. I agree. Um, they basically,
0: you know, forgive each other and all all settled. She says. <laughs> Chloe goes to Kendall, I forgive you for wearing the ugliest outfit I've ever seen, but only you can make it cool. Kendall was wearing this like t-shirt and zebra leggings. She's kind of true. It's, she's kind yeah, of yeah, right. no one else could no wear that. No one else could wear that. So they're resolved, which thank God, I know we were all terribly worried. And we're now at the last scene, which was Chris at her condo, which again, I wonder why she was there. And she's bringing, Kylie brings her donuts as kind of like a peace offering the whole thing was just they
1: agreed that they could handle things better but that they're much more powerful together and that they don't want to let anything get in the way. Also, I literally wrote it and I was like, I wonder why they're at their condo. And then like one second later, she's like, this is my new office. I was like, thank you for answering my above question. <laughs> like I literally wrote that down. That there's nothing
0: better than when they in-episode answer a question that we want yeah, to know.
1: It's like, Thanks. Like I knew it was
0: weird that you were there. Like, when Kim was putting that thing in her pants, I was like, what is that? And then she's like, it's a psoriasis machine. Well, she was obviously
1: going to address that. (laughs) I don't know. I
0: wasn't sure. She would just say, like, oh, it's something my doctor gave me. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that was really the whole – the entirety of the episode. There was nothing – there were no there was giant nothing. revelations. We spoke for 58 minutes about fucking nothing. I mean, you guys knew this was going to happen, but I'm just saying this was one of those where I think we're all just collectively going to have to sit here and just wait the next six days for the Jordan episode because that's what this is leading up to. And they know they can do it because they know they have us hooked now.
1: What Chris said at this episode to Kylie was really sweet. Do you remember what she said? Which thing? I wrote it if you wanted to read it. Can you find it for me? It's right there. Um, what she said, I think we just have to know.
0: Yeah. Oh, she says, I think we just have to know when it's time to give each other space, but I love working together every day, and I love what we do. I love how creative you are and how you inspire me to be better.
1: They, I told you, they have a really sweet relationship.
0: Not only do they have a sweet relationship, I also think that they, as businesswomen, can recognize that, like, they can't let this shit get in the way of a billion dollars, so they no, got to put it together. but also the
1: difference is, like, when, when – I always compare Kylie to Kim. Like, that is always the comparison I make, and when, when – Kim was the real moneymaker of the family and Chris, like, Kim was such a brat to Chris. Like, it wasn't, there wasn't this, like, cute, like, not that they didn't have a loving relationship, but it was, like, when Chris messed up, like, Kim let her have it. Like, there's, there she would, she would rip into her and she was such a brat about it. Kylie is very, like, I, I want to work with you and I, I need to work with you, but, like, I enjoy working with you. It's not just, like, a manager or mom-daughter relationship. It's, Mm -hmm. like, this is really, like, my business and I enjoy doing it with you. I just feel like they have a very different relationship, but I really like Kylie, like, the way she is with Chris. And also crop top look with a blazer is Kylie's fucking look. Yeah. No, she looks she's, like a baller. She's so
0: hot. She really is. She mm-hmm. kills it. Every time she walks in, I'm just like, you kill it. So that was it. Major takeaways is that um, their, their branding was unbelievably calculated and genius as always. The skin, the KKW beauty, the push, all of it. And as Julie wrote, I felt like this episode was like one of the Valentine's Day movies where everything comes together in the end. That's exactly what it was. And That was such a good thought I had. Yeah, it was. And now we just sit and wait for next week. And we love you all. We cannot wait to see you next week to have a giant group digest. We will be – I don't know. I'm going to need to take a Xanax for that one or something.
1: Yeah, Papa Xana too.
0: (laughs) Okay, we love you guys. We will see you next week. Let's talk about baby making for a second because – it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the Conception Aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.